This is Trice Talk Mini Pod for Saturday night, July 31st, 2021. And I'm your host, Donald Wayne. Of course, you probably already knew that, didn't you? Uh, if you listen to Trice Talk and Mini Pod. Well, it's Saturday night, and um, well, one more day, and then got to get back to work again. So, um, Hope everybody's enjoying the first half of their weekend. Uh, we just had a little rainstorm come through here in Atlanta just about uh, well, a short time ago, just kind of out of the blue. Uh, of course, it's been hot and humid here, so uh, it's bound to happen. Bound to happen. Uh, I've, I'm going to do a, a short show tonight, especially compared to what I've been doing the last uh, this whole past week. Uh, tonight, I'm just going to kind of limit it to one subject. And that subject is the cancel culture. Yeah, we've talked about it some here. I think I did a mini pod on, on uh, especially uh, on a couple of vendors, a couple of businesses that um, had experienced cancel culture issues. But this one tonight is it's going to be a little bit different stuff. Plus, I've got another audio by Bill Maher, and I know uh, I'm not a big fan of Bill Maher, but I just um, when I see these, it seems like for the first time in, in a long time in a number of years, Bill Maher is not being uh, his normal liberal self, even though. He is the first to say that he still has the same beliefs, but I think he, unlike a lot of liberals, a lot of Democrats, can stand up and say, you know, all right, so we believe this. We're, you know, we, we're not real crazy about Republicans and conservatives, but this, this stuff, this cancel culture is going too far. So I've got that, and I got another short little audio to play as well. So I'm going to try to keep it uh, in my normal time frame for a mini pod. But so the subject of cancel culture is just something that seems to keep appearing on the front page or it shows up a lot in, in tweets or it shows up a lot uh, in news articles online because it's, it's just, 
it, it really seems like it's uh, on the front page of the liberal playbook, playbook, not book. There's no, I don't think there's a book on the front page of the liberal playbook. And it's been there for some time now because that's another weapon. Everything really is about weapons these days. Every, well, at least for the past five years, it's been about weapons. Of course, it started, and I've said this before, it started long before Donald Trump ever got into office. But it certainly uh, experienced its worst period that we've ever seen it under Donald Trump. He just actually was like a magnet and attracted all of that. And uh, it did get worse. But um, from a site called ethicssage.com, a Dr. Stephen Mintz posted this about cancel culture. He goes on to say, intolerance in society is being fueled by the cancel culture. The cancel culture is mainly an internet phenomenon where those offended by the comments of another party become denounced online by those who object to the behavior. It is one form of a uh, a cultural boycott that seeks to isolate the offending party by group with counter views. Taken to an extreme, it can lead to bullying behavior. While I understand the need to cancel someone for their racist comments, in general, I do not think it is a healthy trend for American society. Taken to its extreme, we could all wind up being canceled for something we did or said some years ago. It is an ethical slippery slope with no clear guidelines and seems motivated by a desire to harm others. My problem is ethical values like kindness, forgiveness, and empathy get tossed aside in the name of political correctness. It also seeks to deny the right of free speech, a basic value in American society. So I, I kind of like that. Uh, he actually, did, there was, it came from a much longer article, and I, I didn't want to uh, uh, use the entire article this time. So um, that was his thoughts on there. The first thing I want to play, and I've got to uh, pull that up and try to see if I can do that without getting the wrong one, because I have two to play tonight, and I want to make sure that I get the right one going here. So this first one is uh, its just a short, very short clip from uh, Fox News. Steve Ducey, as he talks with Clay Travis, and they are talking about cancel culture and a little bit about uh, something uh, concerning Tim Allen. Let me get this set and see if I can play this for you. This is what comedians need to be doing. They need to be the leaders at the vanguard of battling cancel culture because they are the ones pointing out the absurdities in society and sometimes we need to be able to talk about those ridiculous things that are going on using humor in a way that allows us to penetrate, uh, frankly, in a way right. that doesn't happen 
if you talk about things seriously. But Clay, you know how things are working these days. So many people have been canceled and he's got to be a little afraid. After all, he is a conservative and it just takes somebody on Twitter or one of the platforms to start complaining. Next thing you know, boom, it's hard for him to get booked someplace else. Yeah, I'd like to think that the fans of people like Tim Allen are going to allow him to win no matter what. Here's what I would say. Everyone complaining about comedians is a loser. And if we saw them (laughs) protesting outside of comedy clubs with a poster board about a joke going on inside of a comedy club, we would all drive by, look at them and think, what a loser. Why are people paying attention to them? But that's more effort than going on social media and complaining. Yet we treat the social media effort more seriously. This is what. Sorry about that. (laughs) It's hard to catch it before it starts back over. But yeah, and and I did post an article the other night about cancel culture and comedians. Um, You know, if if you think about it, comedians, I mean, not all comedians, but a a large portion of comedians, especially in the last 20 years, uh, tended tend to be offensive in a lot of their comedy because they made fun of, uh, it was almost like there was nothing off, off limits to, to comedians at all. And, and tonight's focus isn't really about comedians, but, uh, I wanted to play that about Tim Allen for those of you who like Tim Allen and, um, and, uh, and enjoyed watching him and his series, but, and the Santa Claus movies as well. But, um, yeah, comedians. I was listening to Sirius XM, um, you know, the comedy uh, stations that they have on Sirius XM tonight and switched to uh, two or three of them to try to find some that weren't completely nuts in the language that they used or the subjects they talked about. But it reminds me uh, every time I listen to it. And, and they play a lot of old clips on that serious uh, channel as well. Old comedian clips, even going back to Red Fox and Richard Pryor. And, and they just, they, they said bad things about a lot of different people and a lot of different uh, facets of our society. But it's like all of a sudden now, uh, liberals have gone woke and they and they think they've got to cancel everything that they find offensive or that they don't agree with so um and and we talked about cancel culture not long ago also in in the regards of where they tried to cancel chick-fil-a remember i did that one night and and they were after chick-fil-a this this started i think the first time was like in 2012 uh, and then they started up again, I think, in 2018, 2019, again, going after them because of some charities that the Chick-fil-A Foundation uh, contributed to. And they didn't like it because those uh, those uh, charities that they contributed to expressed views that were were not liked by the gay community, I guess is the best way to put it. I, I don't remember the exact issues for them. I know when it came to Chick-fil-A, uh, the gay community was upset because the founder, 
uh, Truett Cathy was um, because of religious reasons, he didn't believe in gay marriage. He didn't support gay marriage because it was against his religious uh, ideals, his religious beliefs, I should say. But as I also talked about that night in the uh, when I was talking about Chick-fil-A, uh, nobody's ever come out and accused uh, any uh, a gay person going into a Chick-fil-A store and being mistreated or, or ignored um, or abused by the other patrons in the stores. So it was all about trying to force the founder who has a right to his own religious beliefs and whatever those beliefs encompass. They didn't like it because that's the way he felt. That's what he believed. He didn't, they didn't like his beliefs. And so they wanted to punish Chick-fil-A and, and call for a boycott. Um, and more recently, Pat Lindell. Now, I don't know if, if you don't watch Fox news, you probably don't see a lot of the, my pillow commercials. I can tell you sometimes I just go, I, I, if I think I have to listen to one more, my pillow commercial, I'm going to go nuts, but that's not against Pat Lindell. I mean, all the commercials drive me nuts, uh, pretty much. So, um, but they, they got after Pat Lindell, uh, 20, 20 retail stores dropped him this year because he was coming out. He publicly expressed his concern about the election fraud last November, or he calls it election fraud. And a lot of people call it election fraud. Um, and I'm just going by the terminology that he used, but they didn't, you know, people didn't like it. Liberals didn't like it because they, they called it a lie, first of all. And they strongly disagreed that there was any serious um, fraud that went on last year or serious problems with the elect, election, uh, the ballot counts last year. So 20 retailers, they... Uh, the the people who are mad at Pat Lindell because one he supports Donald Trump, he's been seen with Donald Trump. He went to the White House to meet with Donald Trump, and then he came out with the position he did about last year's voting issues, and they didn't. They no longer thought he had a right to have a business in this country because they disagreed with him, and these people get you know extremely crazy about it and say, well. You know, uh, it's un-American for him to say that, that for people to say that there was election fraud last year and that undermines our country, la-da-da-da-da-da-da. No, it's an opinion. It's an opinion. Everybody has a right to an opinion. Everybody has a right to support the candidate they want to support that runs for office. And that should be a separate thing, really, their beliefs and who they support and all that should be a separate thing from the business itself. Now you can say, well, uh, you know, he's a Trump supporter. We hate Donald Trump. So we're not going to buy anything from his business because we know that some of that money is going to go 
as donations to help support Donald Trump or other Republican candidates. That can make sense. But to publicly come out and tell people they should boycott or they pressure retailers who sell Mike Lindell's merchandise that, you know, we're going to stop doing business with you if you don't cut him off. That is not right in a free country. That is not right just because you do not agree with them. That wouldn't have happened 30 years ago. Probably wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. But now all of a sudden, Democrats, liberals, and it's not all Democrats, but liberals want to punish people for not agreeing with them or having viewpoints that are different than their own. Uh, J.K. Rowling, if you remember her, the Harry Potter author, uh, for those of you who, oh, yeah, that name sounds familiar. But, yeah, the Harry Potter author was accused of being transphobic due, a po- due to a post on Twitter. So she got a lot of backlash. Uh, uh, you know, and people were trying to um, boycott her and get, get people not to to buy the books anymore, not to, uh, I don't know if they're trying to get them not to watch the movies because they're not in theaters, but the key thing is they wanted to hurt J.K. Rowling because of her beliefs. Ah, there we go again. Seemed like it does that every time I'm doing a podcast now. (laughs) Bless his heart. The old notification tone. Uh, Pierce Morgan. Love him or hate him. Uh, I, I don't care one way or the other about him. But he was canceled because he made some derogatory statements regarding Meghan Markle. Which are really based on his opinion of Med- Meghan Markle. He's not a fan of hers at all. And he expressed that and... Thereby, they put a lot of pressure on his employer in, I guess it was in London. The show uh, was a Good Morning England or Good Morning London or whatever it was that he was on early morning there in the UK. They, They put pressure on that network to get rid of him, and they did. And I'll give you one more example here. Robert Inoue of Goya Foods. Do you remember him last year? Uh, I think he was part of a group that went to the White House to meet with Donald Trump. Uh, I want to say summer, midsummer, something like that. Um, and people criticize, liberals criticize uh, Robert Inouye because of that meeting and also because at a President Trump event, at the White House, NUA said that Trump's leadership was a blessing for Hispanic American uh, Hispanic Americans in this country. That pissed a lot of people off. So a lot of them were calling, don't buy any more Goya foods, you know? Don't buy any more Goya brand foods. Let's put him out of business. Well, in that particular case, it backfired on them because... Uh, I, a lot of people, their sales actually went up 
for Goya Foods because of all the hoopla about that situation. Uh, An article says the boycott turned into a boycott as sales went up after liberals attacked him last year. It's just a shame that liberals want to destroy people in this country when they have different philosophies than their own. You either fall in line with them or they will destroy you. You don't deserve to be able to make a living in this country if you don't agree with mainline liberal values, support mainline liberal issues. Now, like I said earlier, most of you that listen to Trice Talk and Minipod know that I'm not a fan of Bill Maher at all. I mean, I, I think there was a time years ago when I found him funny. But when Donald Trump was elected, well, even uh, Bill Maher gave George Bush a lot of grief as well. And so, you know, I, I really got fed up with Bill Maher during the Bush presidency. But he really went nuts on Donald Trump. But I'll have to say, since Trump, you know, uh, is out of office, Bill Maher has actually started focusing on what he should be focused on. And that's the insane policies, the insane attempts by liberals to, you know, punish people in this country or cancel them, if you will, for having opinions or speaking out about things that liberals do not believe in, that liberals do not support. So I'm going to play this little audio from, I think it was uh, last night's show. I believe that's what they said. It's, um, it's about six or seven minutes long, but um, I think it's good. I, I, you know, it goes to show you that even though people uh, can have different positions on a lot of things in this country or different values or different beliefs, we can still find things we can have in common from time to time. And this is one of those issues, and I think it's a prime example of how reasonable people who differ with each other can still find something that they can agree on. So here's Bill Maher and his little... Uh, don't make the Olympics into the Oscars. Oh, what's that? They, they did already? Yeah. You know, back in April, when the Oscars aired, I commented in this space that the theme of that evening was, we dare you to be entertained. (laughs) Lest your mind waver for a few hours from thinking about these sad things and bad people in the world. Well, thank God we found some of those bad people in the Olympics now, and not a moment too soon. The director of... No, that that was sarcasm. The director of the opening ceremony was fired hours before did we, before the event because they found out there was a Holocaust joke in a comedy routine he did decades ago. 
Well, you know, context is everything. Obviously, it didn't strike people as beyond the pale at the time. Young people have to stop flattering themselves that they're Nostradamus and would have foreseen, had they been around then, everything that's unacceptable now. And for further context, Mel Brooks wrote one of the most successful musicals of all time around the song, Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> Why do we allow the people who just want to bitch to always win? Days before that firing, the opening ceremonies, musical director, musical director, was also forced out because someone dug up an interview with him from 1994 where he admitted to bullying classmates as a child. As a child. Remember when your teacher used to try and scare you by saying, this is going to go on your permanent record? Yeah. No longer an empty threat now. And the, and the creative director of the entire shebang of the whole Olympics got shit canned because he once made a fat joke in a private conversation. This is called a purge. It's a mentality that belongs in Stalin's Russia. How bad does this atmosphere we are living in have to get before the people who say cancel culture is overblown admit that is in fact an insanity that is swallowing up the world? I'm back, not the audience. I'm back. There's the and that is not a conservative position, my friends. My politics have not changed, but I am reacting to politics that have. And this is yet another example of how the woke invert the very thing that used to make liberals liberals. Snitches and bitches, that's not being liberal. The Associated Press is a real news organization, yeah. So why am I reading this headline? Olympic surfing exposes whitewashed native Hawaiian roots. Yeah, the Olympics added surfing this year. Good. Surfers deserve to be recognized as athletes. I'm sorry. What I meant to say is, no, that's cultural appropriation. The AP says that for Hawaiians, probably all two of them, including surfing in the Olympics, is an extension of the racial indignity seared into the history of the game and their homeland when white outsiders took over their spiritual art form. Or just people having fun in the ocean. I must say, of all the violations of the woke penal code, cultural appropriation just might be the dumbest of all. First of all, there are 25,000 islands in the Pacific. How do we know a Hawaiian was the first to stand on a board in the water? <laughs> It seems like something anyone in any ocean would eventually get around to. And if you're a surfer, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, or in between. You all taste the same to sharks. But, but let's say a Hawaiian did invent surfing. Should he or she have kept it to themselves? Most of human history is a horror story. But the good parts are about different groups coming together and sharing. It's sort of the whole point of the Olympics, which, which itself comes from Greece, where wrestling was invented as a way for completely heterosexual men to get to know each other. 
Badminton has roots in India. Tennis comes from France. Skiing from Scandinavia and Taekwondo from Korea. Judo was appropriated from the Far East and skateboarding from the far out. <laughs> what is this new rule that the first thing to do, that the first to do something, are the only ones who get to have it? Jewish people spent most of their history wandering but when they see other people milling around, they don't say, can you not? That's sort of our thing. <laughs> you know, change is not synonymous with progress. Newer doesn't automatically mean better. This new idea that each culture must remain in its own separate silo is not better. It's not progress. And in fact, it's messing with one of the few ideas that still really does make this melting pot called America great. Not everything is about oppression. Stealing natural resources from indigenous peoples. Yes, of course, that is exploitation. But I swear, not one Beach Boys song resulted in any Hawaiian having less waves to surf. <laughs> Not one African record buyer stopped purchasing local music after Paul Simon made Graceland. <laughs> but lots of white buyers in America were turned on to and then bought African music. And today, Korean boy bands make Western-style music. You don't get to number one singing this. And that's the great thing about cultural mixing. It makes things better for everyone. BTS can be a hit in America, and I can get kimchi on a taco. Isn't that better than everyone walling itself off from outsiders? I thought walls were supposed to be bad. But we're living now in a world where straight actors are told they can't play gay roles and white novelists aren't allowed to imagine what it would be like to be a Mexican immigrant, even though trying to inhabit the life of someone else is almost the very definition of empathy, the bedrock of liberalism. And by the way, if anyone deserves to bitch about stealing in the Olympics, it's the horses in the equestrian events who have to watch humans get medals for everything they do. All right. Yeah, I think he, he made some good points there. And, and one, one in particular that I want to, to uh, mention again, he, he said liberals used to be the ones who were more understanding and they actually supported all of this, uh, you know, the different ideas and, and, and the different comedians that would, uh, you know, say things that were controversial, you know, because they always supported their right to be able to do that. I mean, liberals used to be the ones that were the irreverent ones, if you will, in society, because they supported the freedom to be able to be offensive. And now they're the ones that seem to be offended more than any other group in this country. And it's, again, I'll keep playing Bill Maher as long as he comes up with these 
ideas which really are they need to be um, uh, they need to be played as, as as much as you can. Liberals need to hear this talk because they need to understand where they used to be and where they are now. Of course, you can probably blame a lot of the wokeness today on, uh, I'd say, two groups in my mind. One, the young people in America that um, that are, are supporting a lot of this. Let's cancel this. These people are bad. And then the other uh, faction is those people who want to radically change America. It's just another excuse to point out how bad we are and therefore cancel people. Because the more successful they are at doing that, the more successful they are going to be in tearing us further and further apart, maybe to the point where we really can't find any common ground anymore. So thank you, Bill Maher, for stepping out there and doing what you do. I don't think he really cares what people think about him anyway, and he's probably not in fear of losing his job or not having people that uh, listen to him because he's been, you know, a mainstay for a long time. And I think he's probably in a pretty safe place and he may not need the money either. So, all right. And so don't get in, don't get it in your head just because I play uh, clips from Bill Maher that uh, I generally support him as a person, but I do support his right to be able to say the things that he says, even when they're things that I do not agree with. And I think the more I've listened to him, he supports our right as conservatives to say what we believe. He just chooses to uh, talk about us when we do. All right. So that's it for tonight. I've Got it right where I want it. Uh, finished on the uh, old timeline that I usually allow for the mini pods. So I appreciate you listening or downloading this episode of mini pod tonight. Uh, tomorrow night is Sunday, of course. And maybe I don't have it on good authority right this moment, but maybe Dennis Lee will be dropping in with me tomorrow night uh, to do Trice Talk Sunday night. So um, we've got that to look forward to. I, um, oh yeah, uh, so I'm uh, this, this uh, audio that I just played, which accompanies a video, of course, uh, will be posted to Facebook after the show. And uh, if I, I'd encourage you to click on it and, and you can watch it because he always has graphics and the Bill Maher does has graphics in the background uh, when he's doing his routines. They put up little stuff sometimes that that's what people are laughing about besides him. And uh, so that'll be posted. And also, if you um, if you listen to any of the trash talk podcast or the mini pods we'd love for you to uh, send us your comments 
I did a, a little contest the other night, and I actually didn't get any responses to it. Of course, it could be that nobody knew what that song was. I'll tell you tomorrow night when I come on. I'm going to do that again, where at the end of the show, I'll play a clip from some song. But I have to find something. I don't want to make it too easy. But um, if you can identify the clip to the song, uh, the band, and the name of the song, uh, you'll win a prize from the Trice Talk Vault. I'm not going to do that tonight, but I'll try that uh, tomorrow night after uh, the Sunday show. So all I got to say now, folks, is uh, please pay attention to what's going on. It's more important now than it ever has been before. I'm Donald Wayne, and stay safe, everybody. East of Omaha, you can listen to the engine moaning out as one lone song. You can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before. But your thoughts will soon be wandering the way they always do. When you're riding 16 hours and there's nothing much to do And you don't feel much like riding You just wish the trip was through See, here I am On the road again There I am Up on the stage here I go, playing star again. There I go, turn the page. Well, you walk into a restaurant, strung out from the road. You feel the eyes upon you as you're shaking off the cold. You pretend it doesn't bother you, but you just want to explode.